It is also a doctrine of great comfort. Paul said in 1 Thessalonians 4, 14 to 18, after stating that our Lord loves, or our loved ones that have died and gone on before us, whom the Lord loves, those who have fallen asleep, he said we would meet them again at the coming of our Lord. How many of you have departed loved ones that you long to see? I do. I long to see my mother, my father, my brother. I want to see them. And he says we ought to comfort one another with these words. These are the greatest words of comfort that you can speak to someone. Jesus is coming again. Hallelujah. The early church even used that word Maranatha, which means the Lord cometh. That was their greeting. They expected him to return any time, and they went everywhere preaching that. Well, what is meant then by the second coming? When we say the second coming, what do we mean by that? You see, friends, there are different views on this. If, for example, I stood up in one particular church in town and I spoke of the second coming, they would think that I mean some futuristic event whereby the church itself is going to establish the kingdom of God on earth and then maybe Jesus will come back. So the second coming may mean different things to different people, so what do we mean by it? What do I mean when I say the second coming of Christ? First of all, I mean that it is a personal visible coming. Acts 1.11. You ought to read that scripture and read it just like it states it. I mean, understand it just like it reads. You men of Galilee, why stand you gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus which is taken up from you into heaven shall so come in like manner as you have seen him go into heaven. Now, I understand that to mean that Jesus left this earth in a literal, visible, bodily form. I also take that to mean that he will come back the same way. I'm looking for a literal Jesus. How many of you say amen? I'm looking for a literal Jesus. Don't spiritualize this thing. 1 Thessalonians 4, 16 and 17, For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven. He's not going to send the angels. He's not going to send Michael after me. Jesus himself is coming after me. Hallelujah. He said I'd be with him where he is. Hallelujah. He said he's preparing a place for me. I want to see it. I want to be there with him. Now there's some views on the second coming that I don't think are scriptural. Some of these views, and one of the most prevalent views today, associates itself with the kingdom teaching. And this is a post-tribulation second coming idea. Basically, the teaching of this doctrine says that the church must do a job in order to prepare a kingdom for Christ to come back to. It says that we will, in effect, rule the world and we will usher in the kingdom of God. We will usher in Christ's return. It's gaining ground, and one of the most popular proponents, I guess, of this teaching is, is Pat Robertson. Pat Robertson teaches it, but uh, also there's another man by the name of Earl Paul who has written a book, Held in the Heavens and Tilled. And these two teachers are just two of the teachers. There's others who teach that the church has supplanted or replaced or superseded Israel and that we now are the people of God and we will bring back Jesus Christ. 
We must get ourselves ready. Now, there are others who teach this doctrine. Maybe they have a little different spin-off on it, but it's not a new doctrine. Go back to George Ladd, if you can find any of George Ladd's old books. He wrote them several years ago, and he taught a similar thing. Well, what it is is this. In order to arrive at that teaching, you must take all of those prophecies, literal prophecies, that told about Israel becoming a nation, and you must make them apply to the church. You must allegorize and spiritualize literal scriptures in order to arrive at that conclusion, at that doctrine. Friends, God has said in his word numerous times, and I cannot take the time to go into all of them this morning. I have a book, if you would like to have it, that will teach you the correct teaching on this. God has said that he's going to do something with Israel. The fact that they are in the land today is proof that he's going to do something with them. He has not set them aside permanently. The Bible teaches us in the book of Romans that he will use them again. He will give them that land. He will make a nation out of them. There is coming a time when all of Israel will be saved. There has always been a remnant in Israel that is spiritual Israel in the nation Israel. That doesn't mean that we can set them aside today simply because we have come into the kingdom of God. So then my point is this. The bride of Christ, which is the church, does not replace Israel, does not supersede Israel in the kingdom and in the plans of the kingdom of God. We are related to them, involved with them, but we do not replace them.